Welcome to The Lumber Ghost Mysteries, Episode 9, Season 1. In this episode, Lumber Ghost finds the well, and then Phaedra... Eh, hmm. Episode 9 is a perfect time to rate, review, and subscribe. Sharing a link and telling a friend are also very helpful ways to support the show. And from all of us at The Lumber Ghost Mysteries... Thank you so much for joining us. For more information, please visit actualstorypodcasting.com. And now, let's go. Wednesday, April 18, 1984. Today has been an eventful day for Lumber Ghost, and it isn't over yet. It's true that your teacher attacked a police officer after you commandeered a car, and it is true that fog babies seem to be stalking you, but that was yesterday. Today, after your second ever band rehearsal, you ventured out again into the fog to set this antique compass and sundial into the headstone of Christoph the Grey. Cliff provided the light, and lo, Lumber Ghost was pointed towards Trinity Park, looking for an ancient well. So, Kelly, you you know these streets are are twisty twiny. Uh, they circle around, and then they circle back on each other, and the roads turn to sidewalks, turn to driveways. They get strange. But there is a spot that you remember where there is an old-timey-looking well. It's in one of these areas where five houses share a common backyard. And it's not one of your, one of them is not your backyard, so you don't go there much. But there are these couple little historical blips around your neighborhood, so you know where it is. I confidently lead the group to the well. <laughs> so you get in here. This is, this is a confusing area for everybody. Like, uh, even though it's very pretty, there's like a, the common road through it that the tourists take when they want to look at the nice houses but you know that if you like it's easy to get turned around and get lost in these neighborhoods uh so as you're making your way through you start to hear some hammering coming from the direction that you are headed i'm gonna peek through the uh, spyglass in that direction there are houses uh and Although you don't see a glow, you can't be certain if you can actually see through a house. 
hmm. to something that might be gl- glowing on the other side. I think we should uh, be careful and quiet and pause fairly frequently, not super frequently, but keep pausing to check through the spyglass. Just Do we want to maybe leave our bikes somewhere and walk the rest of the way? or Wouldn't that be quiet? <clears throat> Could we leave our bikes in, in uh, Kelly's yard? Is that, a, is that on the way? It's on the way enough. Uh, you know, you could walk through some backyards and get there. And it's foggy, so it's not like we'll be noticed, except by Mrs. Kravitz or whatever Simkin. her name is. Debbie Simpkins. Debbie Simpkins. <laughs> we're in almost certain danger at this point. <laughs> so we're going to ditch our bikes in Kelly's yard. That seems safe. And go quieter on foot. Cutting through some backyards. Keep peeking mm-hmm. through the uh, spyglass. Any other glows besides me? Yeah, so you guys are getting... You're getting closer. You're hearing the hammering off to the right. The well is somewhere in front of you. Um, It's weird because of the, the way the houses have been built around here. There were a couple of times where you thought you might have seen something glowing. But maybe not. Maybe it was someone's front porch. It's hmm. hard to say. Um... This is kind of a, a, a very twisty maze-like area where it's hard to get a good handle on stuff. The hammering is getting a little louder, and there's a house right up in front of you to the right, and it seems like whatever the hammering is is going to be on the next house up. Okay, let's go, let's go peek around a corner. Yeah. Everybody being sneaky? Yeah. 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 Could you all roll a flight of five? No, I can't. Adversity tokens. Three. Yes. What was the number to beat? Five. Five. Made it. Ten. I was probably looking through the spyglass and bumped into a house or something. (laughs) I'm trying to be sneaky on roller skates. I think we're not worried about Debbie Simpkins because, one, she doesn't have a way to call people (laughs) to tattle on us. And, two, apparently she's not telling my dad either. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) We're safe. (laughs) Those damn Shipley kids. (laughs) And Phaedra, you failed yours as well? Did I hear that? Okay. So what happened here was that as you were creeping up to the corner of this house, CJ was looking through the spyglass bumped into Chance, who slipped and knocked Phaedra over. But uh, Kelly and Cliff were pretty quiet. I mean, we did that, but we did it sneaky, right? We did it sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Kelly and Cliff can peek around the corner and see uh, that... There are three tradesmen working on the next house. It looks like they might be redoing the roof. Are they loud men with ladders, by chance? They sure are. Are they in mm-hmm. trench coats? No. Oh. Um, it's a little chilly. Uh, one of them's got like a, um, a sleeveless sweatshirt. Nice. Uh, they've all got jeans. Two of them have pretty sweet mustaches. They're just working on the roof. I mean, it's yeah. entirely possible that 
uh, Miss Simpkins just rolled them into the group of actual problematic people. All right, guys. What if we but, don't worry about those? Let's let's go look at the well because I got to get home. Just just in case, I, I take a peek at him through the spyglass. <laughs> they do not glow. <laughs> but I'm scoping out those bitching mustaches. <laughs> no, they they're pretty sweet. <laughs> they're okay. pretty sweet. I think we're still trying to be quiet, but I guess the sound of their work working on the house is probably hiding whatever we're doing. The two on the roof are totally absorbed in what they're doing. The one on the ground, when you guys fell around the corner, kind of looked around, <laughs> like, what? And kind of shrugged it off and hauled some more, another bucket of nails up the ladder. Yeah, okay. This darn creepy island. Weird noises in the fog all the time. Let's, let's keep going, then. So you creep on a little bit more, and you get to... Um, you start to walk down the side yard into the area where the uh, the well is. How often have you been here? I would say probably not super often. She doesn't have a really good reason to come. Um, I mean, she might have she might have been there recently because she just wrote a paper on the Trinity Park, the Grand Illumination Night celebration. The well is right in front of you, and uh, there is a little plaque on it. But uh, you remember that there are plaques on lots of little historical things around here. So everyone just walks straight up to it, or are you... uh, Oh, I'm peeping that well through a spyglass. It does not glow. Let's read the plaque. And um, also, so Kelly's mom works for the Historic Preservation Society, and also one of of Kelly's weird things, because she... She, like, collects brochures about things, so she very well might have some kind of brochure about this well, too, that might have more information. So as you get up close to it, you remember what's written on the plaque. Uh, And it says, replica of the original well (laughs) built in 1650 uh, here in uh, Trinity Park, Oak Bluffs. It's not one of those signs that says 30... 30 miles uh, south of here was the original or something. It does not. And as you stand there, you hear a voice from behind you. I think that you kids know something that I need to know. And you turn to see the woman that you know as Miss Crenshaw. And with a smile, she says, if you're standing by this well, one of you's got my sundial. And because I'm a betting girl, I'd wager one of you's got my spyglass too. And I will stop there to tell you I will not do an Irish accent from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited, though. I was like, this is going to be a thing. It's so great. <laughs> but I will, I will say that she did not have an Irish accent when she was in school as Miss Crenshaw. Correct. But okay. now... But now- now she does. <laughs> but now, without her wig and with her red hair uh, pulled back, she sounds different. If you guys could all look away while she scolds me, that would be awesome. So she stands behind, uh, in front of you. Her knife is kind of like lightly at her side. She's not holding it in a threatening way. 
This is the knife that is decorated that looks a lot like the compass and the spyglass. Yes. That I'm yeah. kind of clutching behind my back. Yes. What spyglass? There's no spyglass here. I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm tucking it in my pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> so that I can, you know, move my hand casually beside me so that it's, you know, not immediately visible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shifting it from hand to hand. I'm going to tell her, uh, hey, like, we're not in school anymore, so you're not the boss. I like the sound of that. Also, listen, lady, you know everything that we know. You stole our history papers. Had you read them, you would know that there's no bad reason for us to be wandering around, taking in the historical sites of our lovely hometown. And, like, we have a cop's gun, so... <laughs> yeah, if I could just, just be cool. Just third up on this, we're in public, you mangy... Never mind. Oh, so you're the naughty one, I see. All right. No, no, absolutely. You should get out and enjoy this fine spring fog. And really, what I was doing was complimenting you because the fact that you're here tells me that you've learned a few things. Like, like what, then? <laughs> yeah, you tell us what we've learned. <laughs> Regurgitated into our mouths like baby birds. <laughs> as soon as she starts teaching us stuff again, dude, she's on the clock. Then she's our teacher again. <laughs> she thing. was never our teacher. It's simple. The fact that you have found your way here today tells me that you have you've you've been piecing some things together though i'd wager that you haven't pieced everything together so i'll barter you return to me what is mine my sundial and my spyglass and i'll answer a question from each of you she kind of crosses her hands i have no reason to lie no reason to lie what do you guys think? I think she would lie to us out of her fake ass Irish mouth if she had a chance. She got us out of school for like three days. You know what, lady? I'm not even that invested in this ridiculous island, to be quite frank. I'm trying to figure out what it is you think is so pristine about it that you're going to go about doing whatever weird ghost in the fog kind of shenanigans you've been pulling. Is that your question? Let me confer. Let me confer with my with my associates. So, you've you've kind of hunched together to to huddle up. Uh, yeah, yes. and she could totally. Oh, no, I'm sure she can huddle. hear it. I'm sure she can hear it. Yeah. Uh, right so there. as you start to huddle up, you notice that Phaedra is not with you. Hey. Hey. What? What is that about? Phaedra, all of you are standing around the, uh, the commemorative well in the middle of the fog somewhere in Kelly's neighborhood when Miss, Mrs. Crenshaw appeared. But everything that's been going on up until this point, you've had this sense of a headache without the pain ever since these memories started coming back and you haven't been able to quite sort them out. So you haven't really been able to focus 
and you're a, it's been getting a little bit blurrier. And as Miss Crenshaw sort of steps towards your group from the fog, things get a little more confused for you. And there's a moment where everyone sort of starts yelling and, and something is going on. But the next thing you know that you know clearly is that you are no longer with your friends and that you are standing in front of Kelly's house holding your bike. And I have no memory of how I got there. No, but you can still hear somewhere that there are raised voices far in the distance in the fog. Huh. Okay. So I look around very confused and I'm going to look in the direction of where all the noise is and see if I can see what's going on at all. Uh, you see everyone else's uh, bikes still where they were left when your group arrived. It looks like, because, uh, you know, Cl- uh, Cliff kind of dumps his and CJ uses a kickstand very meticulously. <laughs> and everyone's bikes are where they are. In front of Kelly's house. Yes. Okay. What do I see when I look over towards all the noise? You see fog. It took you uh, a few minutes from Kelly's house. Uh, I think it was close to like 10 minutes or so walking through the fog to find where the well was. 10 minutes. Wow. Okay. Man, I have no idea why I am where I am. And I guess I feel kind of fuzzy. So I suppose walking back towards them makes the most sense to do. Um, So you put your bike down to walk back? Yeah, I'll put my kickstand down, though. Don't want to scuff up my seat. No, please do not. (laughs) It's sparkly Uh, purple and scuffs easily. Yeah. yeah. You kickstand, you set it up, and as you start to take a, uh, start to walk back, the fog starts to swirl around you. As though it is one of the little fog babies uh, trying to materialize. And your head starts to get that same sensation, that sort of overwhelming migraine without the the splitting ache. Mm -hmm. The fog babies were were benign, right? The working theory is that they are not trying to eat you. (laughs) (laughs) They're not good guys, but they're not trying to eat me. Okay. Um, can I spend that token to ask about the fog babies to see if I can get any information? Like, are they trying to guide me somewhere or hopefully not take over my body like they did to Miss Crenshaw? I'm assuming maybe, or to Mr. Lyman. I don't know if it's the fog babies or what, but. Yeah, use your, use your token and ask me a question. Okay. And the question is, what can I sense from these fog babies that will give me some idea of what to do next? A few things. You do not get a sense of maliciousness from them because there are multiple ones. There's one right in front of you, but there is a maybe one or two off to the side on this area, and maybe there's something behind you. Now that you're really opening up and trying to understand them, there seem to be quite a few of them. They seem to want something... They seem to want to communicate something to you. And 
based on using you token, you know what you assumed previously is that if you can just get to a safe space and rest and concentrate, you might be able to really understand what it is they want. Um, well, with that information, I think instead of joining the noisy crowd, do you think that there's some place at Kelly's house I could sit quiet? Her dad's at work, and I don't know what goes on with anybody else in the house. She's an only kid, right? So, Yeah, you can try. Yeah, well, you, you, you have not been inside her house. Okay. Do you want to try? Uh, well, I think it, sooner would be better to get this information than trying to go all the way back to my house. So, yeah, I'm going to knock on the door and uh, and see what happens. Well, in this area, people don't lock their doors so much. So although nobody answers, you can tell just from knocking on it that they didn't use the deadbolt mm-hmm. and that the, the knob could probably be just turned and pushed. Okay. Well, Kelly's dad already has met me and... So I'm I'm going to just hope that everybody is going to be nice and I'm going to go ahead and go on in and uh maybe just sit in the living room and uh and do my meditating. So the house does feel empty and the living room is decorated in a nautical theme. I uh, think you remember Kelly saying something about her father being in the navy and it sure looks like that in the living room. Decorated as well with a number of uh, antiques because they do own an antique store. Right. <laughs> so how do you make yourself comfortable in someone else's house when they don't know you're there? Yeah, that's a difficult thing for sure. Um, I think you can do it. I think you can do it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to look around at all of the the antiques first just to see if anything catches my eye that might uh, look like it uh connects in any way to the locket or the spyglass. It looks like a lot of the antiques are connected to sailing, mm-hmm. maybe the history of sailing, uh, a lot of family pictures, uh, those, uh, those multiple picture frames that, were, that are very popular now in 1984. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you have a sense of nervousness about, <laughs> is, this, <laughs> is this legal or not? It's probably okay, and probably people won't really mind. With a brain's roll of five, uh, you could tell if there was something there that connected. Four. Uh, Take your adversity token back. Yep. (laughs) Um, In trying to be, unless you're saying that you're going to start digging through things. No, no. (laughs) Just a quick glance. Yeah. Don't see anything of use. Okay. All right, I'm going to sit on the couch. It looks like there's a little throw blanket on the end, so I'm going to tuck that around my lap to help me, you know, just settle in and squish up close to the corner and uh, take some deep breaths and close my eyes and and try to focus inward. It takes a a few moments, maybe a, a couple minutes, to really relax and to feel your muscles starting to let go and some of the tension start to go. And you start to feel something like a vision or maybe a memory that you didn't have access to before. And you kind of feel your body starting to fall asleep and molding into the couch a little bit. 
And it is now five years ago. It is winter. And you remember very clearly, so clearly that it feels like you, eighth grade Phaedra, are standing in where five years ago Phaedra and five years ago Holly were. Holly's in her dark coat with her chestnut hair. The two of you are at Lagoon Pond. You remember very clearly now that the two of you have been best friends since kindergarten, but the last few years you didn't seem to remember that. So my first question is, where did the two of you get the boat that you are on in the middle of the pond? So we are in third grade. Yeah. So like eight years old. Yeah. So Holly's family has a boat that they keep for messing around on all of the waterways so we just uh we picked it up and well is it a big is it like one of those metal ones that you, only two people can sit in or what kind of it boat is, is it? it is a it is a two-hander it ha- it has a sail on it it also has oars a sail and or okay uh could we move it just the two of us or we found it on the at the dock <laughs> yeah it sounds like holly lives uh, with her backyard hitting a uh, lagoon pond. And this is a big one. This is not a small pond. This okay. is a very large inlet that's to, that is directly connected to the ocean. So there are waves and tides in this area. Okay. So it sounds like it was already at the dock yeah. and she thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, she says she knows how to do it because she's been doing it all her life. I guess so. I don't know how I talk, let let her talk us into getting on it. Well, your, your friend can talk even <laughs> to getting on a boat. <laughs> I guess everyone's used to being on boats all their lives around here, so. Yeah. Yeah. And you can feel uh, just gliding across the water, even though it's, it's cold. Uh, the water's trying hard to freeze, but it's not. Uh, and you're far out into the lagoon. Uh, and you remember very clearly passing in front of uh, Devil's Deep, the cave, that 8th grade Phaedra remembers that CJ wrote a paper about. How did the boat tip? A big wave came out of nowhere, and I don't know what caused it, but it, it caught us off guard and, and knocked the boat over. And the undertow pulled you both right down. Uh, And you can feel now that at the time you thought was just water, but there was something holding on to you and pulling you down into the cold and the black. And you remember waking up in the cave. So Holly is still unconscious beside you. Uh, On the walls are mounted maybe two or four, or maybe 20 torches burning. Two, four, Uh, or 20. (laughs) Yeah, well, at first maybe there's two, and then as you open your eyes, you see four. (laughs) And then you see that, oh no, there are a lot of torches here. 
The ceiling is pretty high. It's pointed at the top like a cathedral. The air is strangely warm, and even though your clothes are wet, you don't feel like you're freezing. A part of the ground a little ways away is flooded, like maybe it connects directly into the lagoon again. And so what did you do when you woke up? Uh, well, I checked on Holly to make sure that she was you know, breathing and everything. And then, and I, I tried to wake her up because um, I didn't want to be in this place by myself. <laughs> she coughs and she groans a little and it's taking her a minute to regain consciousness. Okay, I'm going to look around while she's waking up and uh, I'm really glad that it's warm in here because that was some really cold water. Um Besides the torch, someone had to light the torches, and I'm wondering if they pulled us in here from the boat, and who they might be. Is is it creepy in here, or is it... Eighth grade Phaedra mm-hmm. can now put some of her thoughts into the body of five years ago Phaedra. Mm-hmm. And this feels, you wouldn't have thought this at all at the time, but it definitely feels like an underground tomb feels like a a burial chamber and if you roll a brains of four uh, you'll maybe notice some details that you didn't at the time five excellent as holly starts to move uh you're still sort of looking at the ground and so maybe the first thing that you see are a number of wet footprints uh, bare feet that look about children-sized that seem to have gone from the the flooded area out. A bunch of them walked around where the two of you are laying and then walked back towards the water. So it looks like more than one child? Yeah, there are at least six. You vaguely remember that from the time, though not really, like you noticed it but moved on. What you're bringing to it now are some of the carvings on the wall. Uh-huh. And you know this because Janice at the uh, the New Age store, your mom's friend, uh, a number of times you've been in there and they sell some kitschy things. And some of the things that they sell there are uh, necklaces and rings and uh, you know, wall hangings. And one of the symbols that is in that store, you also see carved into the walls here many times, almost almost like wallpaper. And the symbol is sort of three swirls that connect in the middle. And you remember Janice telling you that it was called a triskeel. Yes. That it is Gaelic. We think. <laughs> <laughs> From at least hundreds of years uh, BC. And she likes it because Janice believes in reincarnation, and this is a symbol for her that represents that. Okay, so we're in a tomb with the symbol of reincarnation all over it. Sounds like they were trying to do a uh, uh, ceremony or something. <laughs> and Holly sits up, spits out a little salt water, and has no idea where she is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what happened? Where are we? I 
tell her the boat tipped and we ended up in this cave. Uh, do, but at, at the time, I didn't know that it was Devil's Deep, right? Well, Holly lives on the lagoon, oh, and so it she is kind of know. it is a known cave. It, mm-hmm. But certainly, people have gone in the cave and they have not found this. Mm. Okay. Well, but if I am not from the lagoon, I don't really know much about it. Right? I think that, um, or everyone in town knows it. It's just a yeah. Thing. Okay. It's a it like tourists. You know, um, mm-hmm. we'll kayak by it and sometimes okay. go in and come back out because it doesn't seem to really go anywhere, but it's this cool little cave on the lagoon. Okay, I tell her, Holly, I, I think that, that we must be in, in Devil's Deep Cave, but somebody's in here with us. Somebody lit all these torches and there's all these footprints from, it looks like maybe like six kids are in here somewhere, but I don't see anybody. She looks around bewildered. Uh, and kind of looks at the footprints, crawls a little bit back towards the flooded area. It says, oh, it goes right down. Because you haven't gone back to that area yet. So by standing next to her, you can see that indeed the water just goes down. Like down into a hole? Yeah, like uh, you, you can probably think that like maybe somewhere down at the bottom of the lagoon there is this tunnel underwater that leads up into this this area. Um, But as the two of you look down into it, 8th grade Phaedra notices swirling in the water that reminds her very much of the swirling in the fog. Wow. So these little uh, fog babies have been around for a long time. So I don't feel afraid of it. Just, Just kind of curious about it. Roll a, a flight of four. Oh, three. You don't get a sense of danger from them, but you're not quite sure why they're there. And sort of looking around the cave again, you don't immediately see another way out. Flight representing your ability to escape <laughs> and understand how to escape. <laughs> But it is a big room. Uh, it is a big room. I, th- I think I want to, like, just reach my hand in the water and swirl it around and, and see what happens. Can I feel the, the bottom? Or, like, it's a pool? or It goes deep down. Deep, deep down. Like, you can see it going down, down, okay. down. All right. But you can roll charm with a target of three. Uh, a two. You reach in, but the swirls sort of back away. They don't come to you. Okay. All right. Okay, so I get Holly up off the ground, and we're going to walk around the edges where the torches are and see if we can see anything. As you walk around the room, in an area that you couldn't see from where you woke up, into the stone is carved uh, a shelf. And on the shelf is what looks like a coffin. And there are different symbols carved around the coffin. In front of it, not next to the symbols, there is uh, a a stone outcropping uh, nearby that holds a number of artifacts. So this is an altar, apparently. (laughs) Okay. And on the altar is 
a spyglass, a compass, a knife, and something else that you reached out and you took for some reason. What was the other item? It was a really small metal bowl, like fits in the palm of your hand. What have you been doing with it since you brought it home? Uh, running my finger around the top edge of it and just holding it in my hand. <laughs> like, you mean, what does it do? Like, it holds some of my earrings when I'm not playing with it. <laughs> you know, it just sits on my dresser. You're not really sure why you didn't remember this until now. But the bowl has uh, patterns carved into it, almost like knot work. And this is sort of a moment where you realize that the design around this bowl has been an inspiration for you as an artist. And so when you have been making belts and ornaments and the bracelet that you showed Ace, um, it has been based on this knot pattern. Holly is is shivering and maybe not because she's freezing but because this place is really freaking her out she's not really looking at you as you take the bowl um she's sort of looking at the coffin just uh sort of not talking not responding because of because this is a very strange situation and she is not handling it well <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe now is when you realize that there she did have kind of a a personality shift as far as you can remember that at some point when you were younger around this age uh, she was very chattery and very outgoing and after this she was much quieter can you roll flight again with a target of three ten so from where you are now you can see that underneath the altar there is a tunnel Uh, that you can crawl through. And it looks like it was designed specifically as the only entrance that wasn't the water. So although you would have to to crawl probably on your hands and knees, it's not so tight. It doesn't look like there are roots or that it's just going to crumble. It looks like it was built uh, well-supported and well-engineered. So since Holly obviously needs to get out of here, I take one last look around to see if anything catches my eye, but uh, I, I start to move her toward the tunnel. She is easy to move. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get out of here. Hopefully. You remember that it was easy enough to crawl, but you also remember that at the end of the tunnel, it was blocked somehow. Uh, that there was some kind of a stone right at the end, and you could see light around it but that initially you couldn't you couldn't easily get through. What did you do when you were stopped by the stone? I'm going to feel all around the edges to see if we can work it free um, and also sort of feel along the wall to see if maybe there's a, a detour kind of area or any levers or buttons or anything that can help us. Can you roll a brain of four? Five. There's not really a lever, but there is a a spot that looks like it's designed for hands. That maybe you could put your hands to the side and push. 
Okay, I do that. Roll brawn of four. Eight. Yeah, you do not want to be here anymore. (laughs) And you put everything you have (laughs) behind pushing this stone out of place. And while there's not really a hinge, it does look like the area was sort of laid out and designed for this stone to swing in and swing out. Can I get Holly to help me push too? Absolutely. She does not want to be here either. (laughs) Uh, You get the stone out of the way and you crawl up in what looks like someone's backyard. The two of you are now freezing because you're still wet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're dirty, you're muddy, and you can see that someone is not too far away, whoever's house this is, uh, looks like they're cleaning their car. It looks like, similar to Holly's house, this house backs up to the lagoon, but you're on the other side. Mm. To walk back would take hours. This is, mm. a, this is huge. This is a huge body of water for a third grader. Mm-hmm. I guess shivering and muddy, I'm going to put my arm around Holly and we're going to walk up to the person washing their car and and say, um, hey, we kind of had a a boat accident. We we fell out of our boat and we live on the other side. Uh, Is there any way you could maybe help us get home? And what you remember as this finishes is that this man looks up everything starts to blur for you as the the memory starts to end. But you recognize him. This is Mr. Lyman. This is your history teacher. You were in his yard, and this tomb was in his backyard. And now you are back in Kelly's living room and you can feel your, your consciousness return, mm-hmm. slumped down, uh, mostly asleep on her couch. All right. Well, I'm going to get up and put the blanket back exactly as I found it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you get up and as you turn around to move the blanket, you can see that you are still asleep on the couch. Oh, that's not good. You now have the ability of astral projection. In order for you to use this, <laughs> <laughs> you are going to need a, a, a secure, a place where you feel secure okay. and uh, a few minutes to sort of center yourself mm-hmm. and allow your spirit, your consciousness to leave your body. But at this moment, you don't know the parameters of that. Like, certainly, how do you feel <laughs> looking at yourself <laughs> sleeping on the couch? Okay, that's kind of creepy. Um, all right. Uh, but I've read about this in the New Age store. I've heard them talk about it, about astral projection, so I, I know what it is. So you could probably find a book, or there's someone you could ask? Yeah, Janice can tell me about it, but I'm sure she also has a book, too. It's not as weird, it's not as creepy as it might be to some people. Right. So what do you do? Um, well, let's see. I can go check on what's going on at the well in my astral form, or I can get back in my body. 
trying to figure out what's going on. Um, I think because I'm not sure how safe I am that I'm going to try and, and return to my body and check on the on the other guys right now. Well, let me think about that for a second. <laughs> how, how, how sure is she no one's going to come home? Not sure at all. You have no idea. All right, yep. <laughs> let's do that. Yeah, let's uh, let's get out of here because I wouldn't want somebody to walk in on my body when I wasn't in it. How do you get back in your body? I'm going to just swan dive right in. <laughs> You're going to have fun with it. <laughs> what good is it being able to astrally project <laughs> if you can't have fun? Right. Yeah. Okay. You feel yourself being sucked down into your body, and you wake up in your body on the couch. And it takes you a moment to sort of readjust to where you are. Um, and maybe you're a little bit dizzy the, the first time you've, you've traveled outside of your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sort of focus on the clock across the room. And you see that maybe three hours have passed wow. since you've been here. It is almost dinner time. And you hear the front door open. Oops. Lumber Ghost Mysteries features Jason Adair as Chance, Mars Homeworld as Cliff, Mikey Mason as CJ, Mary Stack as Kelly, Kirsten Vaughn as Phaedra, and I am Jonah Knight. Special Phaedra music written by Liam P. Vaughn. If you have a minute, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. You've heard it before because it's true, but clicking five stars, writing a few words, and telling a few friends does make a huge difference. Thank you for your support. The Lumber Ghost Mysteries is based on the game Kids on Bikes. Kids on Bikes was written by Jonathan Gilmore and Doug Lewandowski, co-published by Hunter's Entertainment and Renegade Game Studios. Find out more about the game at renegadegamestudios.com. Original art for the Lumber Ghost Mysteries by Mikey Mason. Additional art used courtesy of Hunter's Entertainment. Our theme song was written by Jonah Knight and Mars Homeworld. Additional music by Mars Homeworld. The Lumber Ghost Mysteries is produced by ActualStoryPodcasting.com. Find out more about this show and others that we produce by visiting ActualStoryPodcasting.com.